Welcome to the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. This episode contains a sermon from December 13th by Pastor Randy, titled Good News Part 1. When you hear news that is good news, you hope it is true. For example... If you hear that processed sugar extends your life expectancy, great news. Cinnamon Toast Crunch for breakfast from now on, right? Now that would have to be the greatest clickbait ever for for the internet. Because if I saw a thing across the internet that says processed sugar extends life expectancy, I would click on that. Because now that means I can eat whatever I want. So when Jesus is born... The pronouncement is, this is good news of great joy. But then there's a kicker. Then there's a little addition to that. There's something put on the end of that that lets us know they did not make this up. There's something put on the end of that 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 would have been impossible in a world that was full of divisions in that day. It's this, good news of great joy for all people. Meaning all people who ever have lived, are living, and will live. So much so is this good news that when Christianity first started, it wasn't called the Bible. It was called the gospel, meaning good news. Not very original, but it caught on. And people started pushing into it. People started leaning into it because it was considered to be good news. So here's the question. Why the resistance now? How come when people hear the gospel, when they hear the good news, they don't go, oh, I hope that's true. They don't lean into that. They sort of push back from it in our culture. Why is that? It could be because, for one thing, is is that maybe these people have worked for a Christian and went to school with Christians, or or maybe they're raised by a Christian, and they go, hey, even if it is true, I don't think it's very good news. I don't want to be a part of that. That could be why. But we have to ask ourselves this question. Because when, when the original story was told, it was considered good news. And people wanted to hope that it was true. They leaned into that. There's a statement that Jesus gives us in the Gospels. Uh, my clicker. There's a statement that Jesus gives us in the Gospels. It's in Luke 16, 16. We'll get that up for you in just a second. But it says this, the law and the prophets. Now that was the Old Testament. The law and the prophets came up into John. He's talking about John the Baptist. Now in law and prophets, that wasn't good news for everybody in the world. That was good news for, that was good news for the Hebrew people. Because they had come out of slavery and they needed some rules and regulations to help them understand who God was. So the law and the prophets, or the Old Testament, uh, that was proclaimed up until John, John the Baptist. But since that time, since that time when since Jesus came on the scene, since Jesus came on the scene and, and talked about the kingdom of God being preached, he talked about this is what God is like, this is what God values, this is, this is what God loves, and this is how much God loves us. Since Jesus came on the scene and started telling us about God, what happened? And everyone is forcing his way into it. Meaning, people are saying, 
If this is good news, I want to lean into that. I hope that is true. People were trying to force their way or fight their way into the kingdom of God because it was good news. So, if the message of Jesus doesn't strike you as good news, or if you have walked away or in the process of walking away from it, maybe it's because you don't know what the original version was like. Maybe it's because the original version got twisted up somehow. Because as it was given, as it was first given that first century, it was such good news that people said, man, I hope that's true. People were leaning into it. Consider this. In antiquity, especially in that first century, very few people had their stories written down. Nobody's writing stories about people. Why? Two big reasons. People couldn't read for the most part. And number two, it's very expensive. To write something down and writing utensils was very, very expensive. So consequently, only rich people had their stories told. What they would do is they would hire a scribe who would write their story, then they would edit it to make sure they looked good. So then there's Jesus, whose stories gets told, whose stories gets written down, not while he's alive, but when he's dead. And it certainly wasn't because he had money to pay for it, because he was poor, he didn't have anything anyway. And that's what makes the very first word of Luke's gospel just so amazing. And if you understand history, if you're a historian and you understand the, 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 the context of that day, just the first word of loose gospel will blow you away. And here's, here's what it is. Here's the first word of loose gospel. Many, many, right there. Luke is saying to Theophilus, who he's writing to, he's saying, look, I'm writing this story down and I'm making sure I get my facts straight. But you need to understand, I'm not the only one writing about this. Many people have done this. So right now, we live in a day where you can write your story down or have it written, and it costs next to nothing. It costs you a couple of dollars worth of paper. Well, it only costs you that much, just some paper and a little bit of ink, and, and you can have it bound or whatever and have your story written. Now, you don't have to have it written down. You can have it recorded. So let me ask you this. How many people are going around fact-checking your life to make sure they get the, the, stories, the stories right, to make sure they get everything, all the, they, they go and they get their personal testimony, they get eyewitnesses to make sure they get your story right? How many people are doing that? Not many, probably not any. So, so the question to ask is, is this. Why did so many people try to document the life of a dead man who had never gone any more than about 40 miles away from where he was born and whose ministry, public ministry, only lasted about three years. Why are so many people wanting a document to write this down? Because they considered it good news. Good news that, that everybody needed to hear. It was a story worth telling. In fact, here's what we read in, in, in Luke. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you the good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah the Lord. In a day where hardly anybody had their story written, 
Jesus get written, not by a few people, but by many people. Why? Because it was considered good news. What made it good news? Well, right here, because in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. Because uh, you have a Savior. Look, we need a Savior. Because the world's broken. The world's completely messed up. And you would have to be... A blind idiot to argue otherwise. We just live in a broken world. Let's just take one part of our world today. Just one aspect of our brokenness. I saw uh, there was a bumper sticker. Well, it was on the back window of a truck. Saw that a couple days ago. It said this. Give war a chance. And I know it's meant to be kind of funny, but those people who have been in wars or you watch some things about wars, you know it's not funny business. There's a lot of horrific things that goes on in wars. So just take that one aspect of our world, the wars that have gone on, and let's shrink that down any further. Let's just take in the past hundred years what has gone on. Does anybody else find it ironic that World War I was called the, world, the war to end all wars? How long did that last? Not long. Before Germany and Japan and, and for a little while Italy, the Axis powers come along and, and they are doing horrific things to people, killing hundreds of thousands, if not millions and millions of people. And we think, we gotta, we got to end this. You know, we got to bring about peace. And so we get our stuff together. We roll up our sleeves as a country. And we start producing tanks and, and planes and ships and bombs and everything else. And we get it done. There's victory in Europe Day. There's victory in Japan Day. And there's peace. How long did that last? About three weeks. Then there's a Cold War. Then there's a Korean War. We get out of Korea, then there's Vietnam War. And as soon as we get out of Vietnam and the Cold War, then we're in the Middle East. Then we're in the Middle East again. What's next? I don't know, but it's coming. And yet some people think that by our education and our scientific breakthroughs and technology that, that we're going to bring about peace in the world. Surely no one really believes that. Surely you understand there's no way that's going to happen. Because you show me scientific breakthroughs and you show me technological breakthroughs and I'll show you how we discover just quicker and easier ways to sin. And jump into more war. We produce a vaccine that helps cure a disease. I can promise you there are poor people who will not get that vaccine because there's no money to be made. We just live in a broken world. And we don't even have to look at the world as a whole. We don't even have to take one part of it, the wars. We can just come look at our lives. Look what's going on inside of us. Because I can say quite comfortably that there are many people who are in the grips of sin, that sin has gotten a hold of their lives and they're dominated by sin. And, and, and it's ridiculous, but they actually think, I can control this, or I won't let it only go so far, or I can stop anytime I want to stop. So, how long has this been going on? One decade, two decades? 
You're not in control. You're being driven. And your only hope is a Savior who can come and and loosen you from that grip of sin in your life. So the first good news is good news. Why? Because we need a Savior. We need a Savior who can come and, and, and do something in our world, but more importantly than that, do something within us. But there's another reason why this is good news. Here in Matthew. But after he had considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Oh, he will bring about forgiveness of all our sins. That's good news. The good news is you don't have to sacrifice anything anymore. You don't have to bring animals to the temple to be sacrificed. You don't have to work for your forgiveness. You don't have to work through your forgiveness. You just have your forgiveness. It's just there. It's just given to you as a gift. That means all this temple stuff, temple sacrifice stuff is just obsolete. All these people who have given their lives to, to making sure that all the sacrifices were, were done correctly. and done everything, It's just gone. It's just no more. Jesus showed this. One day in his ministry, they let down a, a paralyzed guy and he says to him, your sins are forgiven. And the religious leaders that are there, they said, no, 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 no. You can't just tell somebody their sins are forgiven. It's a lot more complicated than that. There's a process they have to go through. And here's what Jesus says to them. Let's back up. Jesus says to them, we'll go by memory this time, okay? Here's what Jesus says to them. Jesus says, to prove to you that I have the authority to forgive spiritual disease, to forgive spiritual sin, I'm going to heal this guy. I'm going to heal him physically. And he does. That was good news. But it got even better than that. Because this good news that a Savior has come, this good news that our sins are forgiven, this is offered to anybody. Anybody. Nobody gets left out of this. Jesus showed that in his ministry. By one day he's walking along a highway with a couple of his guys. Now we wouldn't call it a highway, but back then they called it a highway. And he came across a toll booth. Now we wouldn't know what a toll booth is. We know what that is. But it wasn't a toll booth with a plastic arm that came down. It's a toll booth with a Roman soldier and a spear and a guy sitting at a table. And we know this guy's name was Levi or Matthew. And he was there to collect this toll tax on people. Now, he being a tax collector, he didn't have many friends. He could not go in the temple. He couldn't even go around the temple. And Jesus says to this tax collector, get up and follow me. No rabbi had ever asked Matthew to follow him before. The only reason that that any rabbis would even mention Matthew's name was as a bad sermon illustration. Kids, don't you grow up to be like Matthew, a tax collector. Don't you do that. 
So does this not show us? It doesn't matter what pit you find yourself in. Jesus can come and give you the forgiveness of sins. That you can come and follow after him. And so Matthew gets up and says, okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Where are we going? Jesus says, let's go to your house. Why don't you invite some of your friends? And so he does. And Matthew's friends, his only friends are other tax collectors. And so they go to his house and the religious people, the scribes, the Pharisees, they follow him. But they don't go to Matthew's house. They don't even go to the front yard. They just stand outside in a cul-de-sac. And they're wondering what is going on. Jesus, what are you doing? This is not how God operates. And so they get a couple of guys to send that message to Jesus. Jesus, what's going on here? You know, God doesn't operate like this. You see, the birth of a Savior is not good news for people who don't think they're that bad. We like to celebrate that Jesus came. We just don't like to celebrate why he came in our nation. In other words, you can't be a Jesus follower and have one ounce of self-righteousness. So Jesus smiles and he tells these guys, look, you go back to those Pharisees out here, to, to all those good law keepers out there, and you let them know, I didn't come for people who have it all figured out. I didn't come for people who get it right every time. I didn't come for people who don't do sin, who don't do guilt. I came for honest people. People who are willing that, that they've got issues, willing to admit they have issues. People willing to admit that, that, that they don't keep God's standard, much less they don't even keep their standard in life. Just a side note, isn't it kind of funny how liars hate to be lied to? How thieves hate to be stolen from? How unfaithful people hate to be cheated on? Then Jesus said this, you tell them, you tell them, I came to call sinners to repentance. You know what that means? It means that we can connect to God and he will change us, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And that's good news for people who know they don't do good. The people who, who maybe were told in a, in a Sunday school class somewhere, told at church, look, God just wants you to be good. It's good news for people who tried to change themselves and it didn't work 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 again. Because all that does when, when you tell people, look, you have to be good, you have to change yourself, all it does is produce hypocrites. Because Jesus' call was not to be good. Jesus' call was to follow him. Big difference. Because when you follow him, you will learn. That he is the Lord of all, that he created this world in six days. When you follow him, you will learn that he died and he rose again, that he has the power of the resurrection. When you follow him, you understand he came to build a heavenly kingdom, not an earthly kingdom. So here's a question we got to ask. Why is it that we have such a hard time accepting people who aren't like us? Why is it we have such a hard time loving people who aren't like us? Why is it we have such a hard time serving people who aren't like us? Why is it that we have such a hard time considering other people better than ourselves? Why is it that we have such a hard time looking out for other people's interests instead of our own? Why is it? Why is it? That, that, that we, uh, of, of all people, 
are so easily offended. We should be impossible to offend because we died to self. Why is that? The reason that is, is because we've gone to think it's all about believing and we quit following. Listen, believing doesn't accomplish anything. It's following that accomplishes something. That's why Jesus' commanded us is to follow him, to follow, follow. Come, will you follow after me? In other words, will you come be connected to me? Because when you're connected to me, when you're with me, when you take that time in the morning and you're with him, you take the time and you're connected to him, you're being close to him, you're letting, you're letting that Holy Spirit that lives within you, you're letting that Holy Spirit guide you and speak to you. When you have that time being with him, things change. So here's the question. Is Christianity good for the world? Is it good for our culture? Is it good for our church? Is it good for you? Is it good for me? Luke would say yes. Matthew and Mark and John would would say yes. Peter and Paul and many others, they thought so. Because these people that were closest to, to Jesus, they were convinced that they had been with God in a body. And that what they had to tell was good news. Not just for their generation, for all generations. Not just for their people, for all people. See, as this was originally given, it was given, it was good news. When you hear good news, you lean into it and you hope that is true. But and if it's not good news for you, Maybe it's because you've lost sight of the original version of it. Maybe it's because it has somehow got twisted and, and, and you've lost sight of what, what it really is. That, that it's just about trying to be good and, and keep these laws and rules and things like that. Maybe it's because you thought it was about believing and not following. If there's anything for sure is that we need good news. We need that today. If you can, begin following Him. Begin connecting with Him. You'll wind up with a life that's free of guilt. Free of addiction. Free of that sin that's got so many people gripped. And you will learn what it means to walk with Him with truth and grace. As He was described by John, being full of grace and truth. You'll understand what that means. See, that's good news. That's good news. That's something that we should be leaning into. That we can come and we can connect with Him. And we can see Him change us, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. A real change that begins in our hearts. Then we'll become also more attractive to the world, won't we? And the world will never, will, will, will not, will... The world will quit saying, yeah, I, I know what they're saying. I know what they're believing, but, but look at their lies. Why well, do I don't want to be like them? It's no different than my life. 
They got the same issues I have. Instead, they'll be going, whoa. Man, I need a Savior the way, they, the way they experience a Savior. I need life the way they have life. I need that. I need to be connected to God. See, that's good news. That's why Jesus said, from now on, when people understand what God is like, how they can be related to God, how they can be connected to Him and have Him in their life, people are fighting to, to get into the People are fighting for that. They're, they're rushing to that. Because when we hear good news, we want to believe it's true, don't we? So is it good news for you? Is it good news for you? That's the question. See, we need that, don't we? Because we live in a culture where the world's falling apart. We see that. And I wish we could say it's different in our churches, but eh, I think I can pretty well comfortably say it's not a whole lot different. We need to once again be gripped with the good news, to let it grip our hearts of why Jesus came and what he can accomplish within us. Thank you for tuning into the podcast of Grandview Baptist Church in Anchorage, Alaska. For more information, check out our website at gbcak.org.